Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. I believe the Lord is opening heaven up above our church and our city. And with that comes responsibility. And, uh, and we'll just get into that here in a second. But let me do a little review. Isaiah 64.1 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And so when we, this is Isaiah prophesying and praying. He said, would you rend the heavens and come down? And so this is something that we can actually pray. It's something we sang. I didn't know we were going to sing that this morning. But when we say, would you rend the heavens? It literally means, would you open up the heavens? We want to see you. Uh, the word rend, again, it means to tear heaven open. So would you literally rip a hole in heaven? I mean, you understand, like, I can't rip a hole in heaven, neither can you. But the Lord certainly can. And so we're saying, Lord, would you tear heaven open and all the contents of heaven, which, by the way, what are the contents of heaven? Like, we could get weird if you wanted to and talk about all kinds of stuff, but he's in heaven. <laughs> and we're saying, would you tear a hole in heaven and all the contents of heaven go, Phew, and just fall down on the earth and 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 come down would you come down and again that phrase come down that literally means would you open up the heavens and lie prostrate on the earth it's like we're asking the lord to come down to such a degree again where he just he lays down face down on the earth and it's not him he's not what is it like somebody like i was getting ready to say you teens probably you guys probably don't because i'm showing my age but you remember planking bob okay <laughs> Like it's not planking, <laughs> but it's the Lord coming down literally and just doing this to the earth. Okay, it's Him doing this to the earth, which again is Habakkuk two fourteen that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would begin to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so we're saying, God, would you come down to such a degree that that your glory covers the earth like the waters cover the sea? And we've made light of this. But there's something very significant. It's like, how can the waters cover the sea? Because the sea is the waters and the waters are the sea. I believe the Lord wants to come down to such a degree that there is no distinguishable difference between what's here and what's there. So we're saying, open up the floodgates of heaven and come down, God. Because without him coming down, we're toast. Without him coming down, as Logan said, we're bankrupt. We need the Lord. I don't want to have a church. Like, I'm so thankful. And every week I see new and new faces. I'm just. I'm thankful for what God's doing here. But if all we ever do is come and we sing songs and get interrupted when I feel like the Lord's giving me a word to pray out in a moment. And then if we listen to a message and if we throw money in an offering plate and then we talk and we fellowship for a few minutes afterwards and then we go about our day and the city does not change, then we might as well not meet. And so we're saying, would you come down? Would you rend the heavens and come down to such a degree that you begin to change the very face of our city? I'm praying for the days when abortion clinics close, folks. I'm praying for the days when kids get adopted in the homes, right? And by the way, this is something the Lord's been convicting me of, is, is if we pray for abortion clinics to close, we ought to pray that kids get adopted. Amen. All right. Man, I don't, I, I've never talked about that stuff. I don't. <laughs> We're praying that systemic poverty ends, which is poverty, perpetuates poverty, uh, perpetuates. And the Lord said, you always have the poor with you. Well, sometimes poverty is a mindset that I have to always live this way. No, you don't. All right. I'm praying an end to systemic anger. If the Lord would come to, down to such a degree. I mean, it's like, 
It's like if, if you want your blood pressure to raise, which I don't know why you would, but just scroll through Facebook for about two seconds and someone's going to say something really stupid that makes your skin crawl. It doesn't even, and some of these are like the closest people I know and I'm like, I can't believe you're putting that on there, one, because that's no one's business. And two, you know people's going to get mad. And then you say, well, don't, 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 don't at me, bro, or something stupid like that. And it's like, well, of course they're going to argue with you because that's a, just a really dumb thing to say. And I'm saying, I want the Lord to come to such a degree. I want the Lord to come to such a degree that we no longer bicker and fight and argue amongst each other. It's like, do we do this or this or this or this? And I'm saying, Lord, just come down. So we shut up and we just say, holy, holy. Holy, holy, right? I'm praying, I'm praying he comes down to such a degree, right, that, that people's needs begin to met, get met. Now, this makes some of us uncomfortable. I'm praying the Lord blesses this church to such a degree that we don't turn a single person away that needs help. Like, and we're like, well, what about Acts chapter 3, silver or gold? I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Like, I want to tell them get up and walk, but I also want to put food in their bellies as well. So we want him to come down. And the only way he comes down is if heaven opens. But when heaven opens, it's, it's, it's this, I, I don't understand it. And so I'm going to preach some stuff that I don't fully understand, but I, I feel it in my bones that it's real, okay? And so we're asking him to come down, but we also have this privilege of going up. <laughs> it's like he's opening up a door and it's like, Am I allowed to go there? Yes, I am. It's like, am I allowed to like cross that threshold? Yes, I am. I can actually approach the throne of grace with boldness in my time of need, right? So, 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 so if this becomes open, how does it stay open? Because I want it to stay open. Because like, I'm like, God... We want revival, which is a value of this. Like, we really want revival, not just amongst us, but in our city. Like, I'm dreaming of the day the strip club cross street closes, right? What would that look like to become an orphanage? I don't know. I'm just saying it would be really amazing if things like that started to close. I'm a mess today, Jesus. You know how heaven stays open, and I'm just going to, like, it stays open open if we can live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise. Like, I think the Lord needs thanksgiving and praise to land on. He needs thanksgiving and praise to land on. We're like, would you rend the heavens and come down? Well... Second Chronicles 7, this is, the, this is the note. So Second Chronicles 7, 13 says that you shut up the heavens. They went, boom. Why did the heavens get shut up? Because of sin. And so 714, which we love to, love to quote, says, you know, if my people were called by my name, would humble themselves and repent and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and then I would heal their land, which is a picture of revival. So we can shut it up. Why did it get shut up? Because of sin. I, I, because of nothing to land on. I believe the Lord wants us to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and honor and praise. Like, it's like, again, the most important person in this church is not Logan Wells. And the most important person in this church is not Michael Perkins. It's the presence of the living God. Yes. We have to honor his presence. And by the way, let me just say this. Like, sometimes 
some of like some of the stuff people do here is different and it makes people uncomfortable we don't do things to make people uncomfortable and draw attention to ourselves. we do it because we're worshiping the lord and the moment you do it to draw attention to yourself you need to check yourself all right all right i don't know where that came from but listen we need to be people of thanksgiving and praise because it's like the lord's like they have a thankful heart because they recognize that the blessings they're getting is not coming from, from them or because they're working something up and it's not coming because they're trying really hard and striving. It's actually coming to them because they're just receiving. And how do you receive a gift? With thanks. <laughs> like with thanks. Now, and not with, and not with false humility, by the way, either, because false humility is actually a sense of pride. Because it's like, if Logan decided to bless me, and you're like, here, I want to give you this gift. And I'm like, oh, dude, you didn't have to. You know, and like, we say stuff like that. But rather than say, oh, you didn't have to, why don't we just say, thank you. Because he gave me something that he took the time to think about and said, I want to give this to you. And so it's my job to receive it with thanksgiving. Why? Because it actually blesses his heart. He blessed me. And it may not even be anything that I need, right? But I receive it with thanksgiving. And it's the same thing with the Lord. We want to receive what the Lord is doing with a, with a heart of thanks. With a heart of thanks. I think it's real. I love thanksgiving. And by the way, like, I love that thanksgiving comes before Christmas. <laughs> Why? Because I don't think we can fully appreciate the gift of Jesus if we don't first give thanks for him coming first. All right. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's read, let's read the Thanksgiving Psalm, right? <laughs> psalm 100, verse 4. You guys probably know this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let me teach for just a second. I believe that our confession and I say confess, I said, I believe that our declaration of thanks, like when I say Thanksgiving today, I want you to begin the transition, especially in our thought and our prayer, especially in our prayer life. Let's say that. I don't want to be like, like, thank you. <laughs> like, that like, was really weird. <laughs> like, I actually want us to begin to say thank you. Does that make sense? I actually believe we need to begin to speak it out loud. Thank you. Not like, like, and there are moments when I'm like, you're good. But I'm saying, thank you. I think we need to hear it. I think we need to begin to even hear our own voices give him thanks. All right? So our confession of thanks is actually our key of entry into the courts of heaven. <laughs> so he's opened it up, and it's like, those doors are open. How do I go there? And I go there, and it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, do you, have the, do you have the key card? Do you have the security checkpoint, anything? And you're like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. There it is. You get to go in. I was at a, um, oh, goodness. I was at this, uh, I was doing this revival, and I was at, staying at this hotel in Illinois, and there was this big conference, and they had a security checkpoint. But it just so happened that where they were doing the conference, my, I had, like, the worst room. <laughs> Because my room was actually right adjacent from the conference. But in order to get past there, I had to show my room key. 
So to get into the presence of the Lord, I believe we need to begin to live a lifestyle of thanks. We're asking him to come, but in order to get him to stay, we need to be able to give thanks. That's our key. Now, now what are gates? Because it's like, enter his gates. And like we understand what a gate is, like a yard gate or something. But gates are doors, especially during this time, gates are doors that are at a fortified entrance, which means that nothing is going to get in. Nothing is going to get in. However, they're opening up if we give him thanks. Let me read this. Gates are points of entry which are always attached to some type of wall or boundary. Walls are usually built for the purpose of preventing people from entering into a place which contains something of great value or something that needs protection. <laughs> it's like... It's like, why do we put like privacy fences up? Why do we put locks on our door? It's, it's because what we believe the... Con like, we lock, we lock my house at night. Some of y'all live in the country, you don't have to. I get it. We lock my house at night. Why? Because the contents of my house are valuable. And I hope you understand, I'm not talking about the stuff we own. I'm talking about the people that live in my house are valuable to me. And so here's these gates to a fortified city, if you will, that are protecting the valuable possession that's in there. And it's not the glorious riches of heaven, which those are amazing. It's himself. It's, it's, it's the Father. It's the Son. It's the Holy Spirit. It's, 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 him. it's his presence that these walls are protecting. It's just this amazing, amazing thing. Well, God doesn't need protected. I understand it, but he has a gate and a wall there, so apparently he needs something. And he says, you can come in. Gates enable us to enter into a wall or place of fortification, if you will, and go beyond a place where we should not be able to go. And so the Lord is saying that you can enter into a place where you should not be able to go, but because I've opened the gate up, because you had a lifestyle and atmosphere, lifestyle and created an atmosphere of thanksgiving, you're able to enter into the Holy of Holies. By the way, you can't do that on your own. It's because of the blood of Jesus, but that's... And so we enter his courts with thanksgiving. What's thanksgiving? It's a confession of thanks. It's a thank offering, actually, is what it translates as. So, so you realize, like, we take up tithes and offerings, and, and an offering is something you give because you deem it has value, right? When we give thanksgiving, the Lord views it as a thank offering. And so it's like, we say, thank you. And he takes it and he's like, oh, thank you. Like, it means something to his heart. It means something to his heart. And so we need to be this, these people of thanksgiving. And I know you are. We love to praise the Lord, but we, we need to be people of thanksgiving. And if we, we, we bless the Lord with our mouths and with our declarations, and, and I, again, I believe we should thank the Lord out loud. <laughs> Now, you can do it in your car. Oh, man. My, my car. Let me tell you. Like, I know he's there. I know he's there. Like, there are mornings. And I'm not saying this is sound weird, but there are mornings I open up that door, and I'm like, whoa. i got to wait just a moment before I can even get in here because he's ready. 
And I get in my car and I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I know, I know when I'm driving and I'm like, whatever, I'm, I'm telling you, like right now what you're seeing isn't anything compared to what's going on in here right now. But, but I know when I'm driving, people probably think that that's the crazy guy that's singing to, to whatever song, something, probably some pop song from when he grew up as a teenager. I promise you it's not that. I'm thanking him for his goodness and his kindness towards me. And I'm thanking him for what he's doing among you. I'm thanking him for what he's doing in your lives. I'm thanking him for what he's doing in our church's life. They, like, that's not lost on me what he's doing. It's not lost on me what he's doing. Some of you all have come so far and the Lord's really, really growing you. And I'm like, Jesus, just thank you. Thank you that they've become good soil for you. Thank you that they're being responsive to what your spirit's doing. And I recognize God has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with your goodness and your kindness as you're drawing them near. And so I thank you, Holy Ghost, for doing that. And so I think we should, we should thank him again with our mouths. And like some of y'all, it's like, I don't know if I can do that. I understand it's hard. And you're like, well, I don't know. Like sometimes we have to go be by ourselves and be quiet. There are times for that. Let me read this psalm to you. And Psalm 33 says, Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. It's like, I don't know if I'm righteous. Well, again, he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So maybe it just means I can sing for joy and give him thanks, right? All right. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre, an instrument. Sing praises to him with a harp of 10 strings. Sing to him a new Song. By the way, I love our worship. I, I like. I love Logan. I love what the Lord's doing in your heart and life. You know what my favorite part of our worship is? Is actually when you back off. He backs off the mic, and there are those moments when there's no words on the screen, and I hear this. I'm here. And I'm pacing because I pace, and I'm hearing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm hearing it from over here. Or I'm hearing you're good from over here. And I'm hearing I love you from over here. You're singing a new song. You're singing a new song. I think the Lord really, really likes that. Why? Because you don't need someone to tell you what to sing. It's coming out of your heart. <laughs> oh, man. For the, for, the word of, for the word of the Lord is upright. And all, the work, all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. I'm going to just move on. We need to begin to be okay with thanking him out loud. Okay? Because there's more. Like, like I think if I could just get into his courts, that's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like as I've said, there, there was... I, there have been times in my life when we joke about sitting at the little kid card table at dinners, right? We have Thanksgiving and some of y'all, like some of y'all who have kids and little kids, you're going to put them at the card table in the side room and eventually they get to sit at the big room. But some of us, we've been invited to places and, and like I've been invited to dinners and it was, it was two years ago I got invited to this thing and it was this ministry alliance with Dan and them and, and and I'm looking around at all these people in the room and again, I, I'm just looking around at all these people in the room and I'm like, these are my heroes. And I got to be here. Like, that was just good enough. And I had to sit way off in the corner, <laughs> away from the big important discussions. But I had to sit over there and I thought, I don't even care. I'm in the same room. And see, when it comes to this, the Lord is saying, enter his courts with thanksgiving. I'm thinking, I'm in your, cor in your courts. That's pretty good. And the Lord says, but wait. 
that's pretty good. But if you can get trusted to walk into my courts, that your thanksgiving begins to transition in the praise, right? And, and, and as, a, as, as we enter in through those gates with thanksgiving, it begins to shift and we begin to praise. And he says, by the way, you can enter into my courts. Well, what's in his courts where the king is? That's, that's so big. The courts are the courts of a temple where nothing unholy is allowed, and yet we're allowed in. <laughs> Think of that. He who, became sin, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. I promise you, you can't do anything to get into the holy of holies on your own except for be washed by the blood of Jesus, all right? And he says, if you begin to give him thanks, then it begins to transition in the praise. And as you begin the transition in the praise, his manifest presence comes, and then we're like, whoa, you're really good. Practically, what does it look like? I thank you, God, for your good and your love endures forever. Because a lot of times this is a mindset. Like, you, sometimes life stinks. But you understand we need to thank him anyway. It's like, I don't have anything to thank him for. Oh, give me a break. Yeah, you do. You woke up. <laughs> you woke up. Father, I thank you that your mercies are new every day. Uh, Father, I thank you that your love endures forever. Father, I thank you that, <laughs> oh man, I thank you that you're the same today, yesterday, and forever, which means that you don't change despite that my feelings change. And, and so I thank you, God. I thank you, God. You know what happens? Something begins to transition. If you can intentionally give thanks, you begin to praise. You know what praise looks like? It's like, I bless you. I thank you. I honor you. You are good and your love endures forever. You know, it's like it takes it up a notch. Yes. I, and by, I think it's illegal if you can't give thanks. I think it's illegal to praise if you can't give thanks. All right, anyway, God's will for us is to live in his presence and enjoy him. <laughs> the Westminster, whatever, this catechism, I'm having trouble with English today. They came together and like, what is the purpose of man? Like, we say stuff like that. Even TV shows, it's like, what am I here for, <laughs> right? Why am I here? What's my purpose? You hear this, and I, I even hear that. I don't know why I hear Tom Hanks' voice saying that, but this is what I think, which is weird. Why, why am I here? <laughs> These guys came together, and they said the chief end of man, which means the reason man is here, is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Amen. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's it. It's like, oh, I'm going to glorify you with the way I live my life. <laughs> I'm going to glorify you with what I believe. I'm just going to glorify you, and I'm going to enjoy you. <laughs> what do you mean by enjoy? I mean enjoy the Lord. I mean, it's not like, <laughs> I'm going to say you're really good, and I'm going to honor you. But by the way, you can, when we talk about honor in this church, like you can flatter. When I'm not talking about flattery. Flattery is when you say something nice to someone and you really don't believe it. You just say it because you're obligated to say it. 
Honor is you believe it in your heart. And so, so anyway, John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have life abundantly. We're focused on this abundant life for just a moment, the, the fact of enjoying him. Abundant means excessive, and it actually means within an advantage. The Lord came that you can live life with an advantage, <laughs> which means that even when it stinks, it's still really good. When, even when it's hard, you can be like, I thank you. You're just good. I don't understand it. And it was like this past week, again, the last two weeks, I said it during our worship, and I didn't finish because I got distracted for just a moment. But, but it was like the Lord's done some really significant things the last few weeks, and then all of a sudden I start seeing all hell break loose amongst people's lives. I see you get sick and, and more pain than you've been in years, right? And I see that, and the Lord just did something really significant in your heart. I see that. I see you have the surgery, and I see Tatum gets just wrecked with the Lord, and then he gets put back in the hospital. Like, I see this. I see these things happening in our people's lives, and there are some things I can't repeat, but you know who I'm talking to and what I'm talking about. The Lord moves, and it's like, oh, all this stuff starts happening. But we can still enjoy the presence of the Lord and his goodness, even when those things happen. God's plan is for us to have an abundant life. Oh, <laughs> it is. God's plan is for us to live in covenant blessings. And God's plan is for us to live with an advantage. What's my advantage? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I think that's a pretty good advantage. That means that anytime I walk into the room, even if I feel outnumbered, I'm not outnumbered, right? Why? Because where he is is the majority, right? Because greater is he who lives in me than lives who lives in the world, right? I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And I love my life not to the point where I shrink back from death. It doesn't really matter. You can't scare me with that stuff because he's good. And so I can walk with this. You actually have an advantage because he is with you. I just think that's amazing. And by the way, not only is he with you, he's in you. And not only is he in you, he's actually killed you and crucified you and brought you up to be a new creation. And the life you live right now is not a life that you live in the flesh, but it's a life that you live in the spirit, which means that it's no longer the you who live. And so, of course, you're going to have the advantage. Here's the problem. The enemy knows this. The only thing the enemy can do is talk you out of belief. He may scare you. He may do lots of things. He may manifest and do a lot of things. The thing he tries to do is talk you out of what you believe. Like, I, I don't think, and you've heard preachers say this stuff, and I hate repeating pithy preacher stuff because some of it's just gross. But the enemy's not scared of people who go to church. The enemy's not scared of people who serve. He's scared of people who believe. That's right. Amen. He's scared of people who believe. What do, I mean, what do I mean by believe? I mean, you're so convinced. You are so convinced that, that this is real, that what's in here is real, that it doesn't matter what you're seeing. And this is so hard to understand, but... Like, this is real. This is more real. That's so hard. That's so hard. This is real. This is more real. 
okay? And so, so I feel the Lord all over that. And so, 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 so he is scared to death of them doing that. So what does he do? I get a major breakthrough. So I'm going to come and try and steal the seed. By the way, that's what Jesus talked about. I'm going to try and steal the seed that was deposited and run away with it. I'm going to try and take that away from them. I'm going to try and take their fire from them. I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze them and see what comes out. Right? That's what he was doing with Job, by the way. Job, the devil squeezes Job, squeezes Job, squeezes Job, squeezes Job, and praise ends up leaving Job and coming out of Job at the very end of the book of Job, which means, like, I think we end up releasing what we're most full of. And some of the stuff we're full of, let's be honest, it may stink. And if it stinks, we need him to fill us so that we don't smell bad anymore. I'm, being honest. I'm not trying to be crude and cute. I'm being for real right now. We need to believe what we believe what we believe. That's another preacher thing. I hate when they say that. So if the enemy knows it, the enemy will try to stop us from giving thanks and praise. (laughs) He will. He knows that if we fail to do these things, we will never enter into God's presence. Well, if I enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, of course that's what he's going to go after John 10, 10, he comes to still kill and destroy. Look at this. this. This is why, by the way, like what we say, I want you to understand, the Lord's been convicting me so much of this. What we say actually matters. Proverbs 18, 21, I actually think this is truth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it eat its fruit. Well, what does that mean? Those that love death eat the fruit of death. Those that love life eat the fruit of life. What does that mean? It means that the words you speak really matter. Death, let me, let me read you the Hebrew. Death means the process or state of physical dying of the body. And it actually could mean a plague or a pandemic disease that causes death to a population. So you do realize that if you came in here if you came in here and you're all, you're all fired, if Tim's all fired up to be here today, and he's like, Michael, how are you? And I'm like, life sucks, man. It's the worst. I'm so mad. People's been mean to me. They went off the deep end this week. Dude, you don't even know. My dog, he messed on the floor this week and looked at me and wagged his tail. And it was like he was just laughing at me. True story, he did. And he, and he did. He, he just, he did it. And then he looked at me and just grinned. And, and people don't think dogs smile, dogs smile. But, and he smiled and he wagged his tail. And he's like, what are you going to do about it, buddy? Because I'm mom's favorite. And, and, <laughs> and if I came and I said, it's just the worst. And I don't know when I'm going to catch a break. And, 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 and this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, this happens. You know what happens? Tim's like, I was feeling pretty good until he just vomited all over me. <laughs> right? It's like, boom, sucks the life right out of him. I'm not saying pretend like everything's all unicorns and rainbows, but I'm saying it's like, man, you know what? I've been hard-pressed this week, but I'm not dying. I've had this happen in my life and this happen in my life, but you know what, man? It's caused me to lean into the heart of God more than I've ever leaned into the heart of God. It's actually, you know what? It's actually, I'm believing that even though these things are happening, it's going to backfire on the devil (laughs) because actually all he's doing, and and I say this, 
What he's actually doing is he's building my faith. He's actually convincing me that what I believe, I actually believe. And I just happen to think he's going to get tired of messing with me. It's like, you go ahead and squeeze me a little bit more because Jesus is what's going to come out. And so you keep doing that. Yeah, you. It's like when Job said, though you slay me, I will praise you. It's like, I'm going to keep releasing this. I'm going to keep releasing this. I'm going to keep releasing this. And, and, so, and, and, and so we're going to keep giving the prayer. I'm not going to spew death out. I'm going to be like, Father, I thank you right now. And by the way, death and life, what's life mean? It means vitality. It means nourishment. It means to have a prosperous, prosperous, bountiful, blessed circumstance in life. And it has nothing to do with how I feel. It has everything to do with what I believe. And so it's like, you know what? My kid got sick this week, but Father, I thank you that you touched him and he did not die. Father, I thank you that even though it's been a hard week, your mercies are new every day. Father, I thank you that I don't, I'm not an orphan, but I'm actually a son or I'm a daughter in the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you. You've never promised to leave me or forsake me. And I may feel like I'm alone. I may feel like I'm alone, but it does not change the fact that you said that you promised to never leave or forsake. And so it doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what I believe. And so I'm going to declare and decree that you are here. I'm going to speak out that you are good. I'm going to speak out that you're the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I'm going to declare and decree and say, I thank you that I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I thank you that I'm going to be blessed when I go in the city. And I'm going to thank you. I'm going to be blessed in my going out of the city, right? I thank you that we're going to become the, the lenders and we're not the bars anymore. I thank you for that God. I thank you for that God. It's it's what I believe. Now some you're like, well some of that isn't that just isn't that word of faith or name it and claim it? Well it very well may be, but I just think it's the truth. Do not let the abuse of a few people, we say this all, do not let the abuse of a few kooks ruin it for the rest of us folks. What we speak matters. <laughs> we joke about this I actually tell the story everywhere I go. Like we told the staff, it's like, what are you going to, we have told the staff here that you're not allowed to complain in front of the people. By the way, there are no pessimists in heaven. <laughs> I think there's eternal optimists there. Optimist, optimist, I'll make up words. Why aren't we allowed to be negative or pessimistic? And I don't want to see it on Facebook either. Don't do it there. Do not do it there. I'm going to be hopeful and optimistic because I believe my words bring life. And I believe that my words have the power of life and death. Your words have the power of life and death. Be careful what you speak. Be careful what you agree with. It's like, 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 and, and like really practical stuff. And it's so ingrained in our culture. And like, this is really silly. Like, like even things is like, oh, it's Monday. Are you kidding me? It's like any other day of the week. I woke up. He put breath in my lungs. His mercies are new today. Let's get after it. <laughs> oh, I've got a case of the Mondays. Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying, like, we got what we say really matters. My goodness. Some of y'all be like, I'm just going to be quiet every time I'm around Michael from here on out. <laughs> if I release complaints, it actually attracts curses and it, and it cuts me off from God. Bible tells us you become what you behold, right? You're transformed from glory to glory. If that's true, and I believe it is because it's in here. 
then what I speak out is what I am beholding. And if I'm beholding something, it actually draws more of that to me. I'm careful there. Now don't, now, it's like, why are bad things happening? I'm not saying you're living in sin. I'm just, I'm, I'm, sometimes bad things happen. I get it. I'm saying be careful what you say because it actually attracts that around you. It's like this. I promise you, if there's a complainer in the church, in five minutes they're going to find the next complainer in the church. It's like, Phew. At our job sites, if we find someone that doesn't like the boss, I promise you, everyone that does not like the boss is going to come right to him. It attracts. All right, so be careful what we say. All right? All right. I think that horse is sufficiently dead. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, wait. This is, this is clever. I want to say this. Thanksgiving and praise are the worship language of heaven. <laughs> Complaining is the worship language of hell. <laughs> so if you want to worship the enemy, just keep complaining right away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's from the Lord. That, that was like, I, I wrote that this morning at 4 a.m. And I was like, oh, Lord, that's good. And I'm glad he actually gave it to me in writing so I'd remember it. So last thing, Thanksgiving is not circumstantial. I want you to understand this. Thanksgiving is not circumstantial. Like my circumstances have nothing to do if I can give Thanksgiving to the Lord. Like sometimes it's really easy to give the Lord thanks. Like you get an unexpected check in the mail or you have a bill come in and someone mysteriously pays for your bill. Like it's easy to give thanks then, Right? It's easy to give thanks when your kids are getting good grades at school. It's easy to, get good, uh, uh, to give thanks if you get a promotion at work and you're not overlooked. It's easy to give thanks when things are going good. Like right now, it's easy to give thanks because we're growing. And not, not that we're, we're, we're growing this way numerically, but what I'm really excited about is like we're growing deeper as well. And I'm like... And I'm pretty narrow-minded. By the way, I believe the call of this church, like, it's like, why don't I preach on a bunch of topics? I'm like, I feel like I'm relatively laser-focused on the presence of God because I would rather be an inch wide and a mile deep. That'll make sense later. <laughs> so, so our circumstances, when we give thanks, it has nothing to do with our circumstances. And I want you to understand this. And like there are days when you don't feel like giving thanks to God. I get it. I get it. You're people. I get it. You, whatever. Life happens. Things happen. You get that phone call at 2 a.m. And, and no good phone calls happen after midnight. Right? They just don't. They just don't. But we can still give thanks. You can still give thanks. And it's like we know the Lord inhabits the what? The praises of his people. So it's like he feels so far off. I'm, God, you're good. I'm going to praise you. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to praise you. I don't feel good today, but I'm going to praise you. My kid went off the deep end. I'm going to praise you. My mom, my mama was. My mom, like my mom was in the hospital this week. My mom is. I'm doing math. <laughs> My mom is, yeah, she's not, she's old, she's older, 
older than me. I'm digging a hole. She's born in 63. We'll say that. I'm a preacher, not a mathematician. Someone else can do that. But this week, so my mom is 55 years old. That's right. My mom's 55, just turned 55. And I get a phone call from my dad. I'm sorry, I get a phone call from my sister. And my sister says, Mom's in the hospital. Like, what for? Blood pressure. She went to go have a tooth removed from the dentist. The dentist said, took her blood pressure, couldn't take it. And they're like, you need to go to the ER right now. Mom starts crying because her tooth needs pulled. And she's like, just pull it, I'll be fine. And they're like, no, you're not fine. And so they send her to the hospital, and they go take her blood pressure, and it's like 272 over 188. <sighs> like, have you ever blown a balloon to where it pops? She should have popped. And I'm like, Lord, it's the week of Thanksgiving. And I wanted to cry. And I'm like the faith person. And like my family's Christians, don't hear me wrong. Like I'm the faith person. And I'm the one everyone gets mad at because I'm like, there's a silver lining in every cloud guy, right? Like, would you just hush up for a few minutes? And I'm like, God, it's really hard to give thanks because it's Thanksgiving. And my, you need to heal my mom. Day two comes, blood pressure hasn't lowered. And I'm like, Father, your will is for her to live and not to die. And I'm just praying, like, thank you, thank you. And I don't feel like giving thanks because I'm like, I want to see you heal her, but I'm not seeing it, but I'm trying to give thanks for it. I'm like, God, thank you. And then he's like, well, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Your dad just texted us, says she actually got worse today. Nothing's happening. Or as soon as the medication wears off, she goes right back to where she was. That's what he's telling me. And then it'd be like, and it's like really easy. I just be like, yeah, I agree. This is awful. And I'm like, no. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that even though I wasn't raised in a Christian home, that the moment I left for college, that my mom and my dad got saved. I thank you that if anything were to happen to her, I know she's not going to spend eternity in hell. She's actually going to be spending eternity in her presence. I thank you for that. I thank you that she's actually an ordained elder in the church of Nazarene, that she has a call in her life to preach and to minister. I thank you that when she lays hands on sick people, that they recover. I thank you that these signs actually follow my mom. I thank you that she's a woman of prayer. She's a woman of integrity. I thank you that even though sometimes she's pessimistic, she's actually one of the most faith-filled people that I know. And it's the truth. And Jairus understands what I'm saying. She's giggling right now. I thank you. I thank you that she's the matriarch of an entire family. I thank you that even when she should have left my dad 30 years ago, that she didn't leave my dad, that she buckled in. And even though she wasn't a Christian, she heard your voice that said, do not leave this man. You need to stay with this man. I thank you that she's persevered. I thank you that she goes to the secret place every single day and she plays covenant prays covenant blessings over each one of her grandchildren and each one of her kids. And she prays covenant blessings over all of my spiritual sons and daughters that she prays over them. I thank you that she prays for my church. I thank you that her days are not numbered. She actually has more life ahead of her than she has behind her. I thank you for that. And something began to raise up inside of me and rise up inside of me. And I was like, 
and, and it was like, at first, because it started off as a whisper, right? Because I was begrudgingly do it. And it was like, God, I thank you for this woman. I thank you that she's going to go home. I thank you that the nurses, every time they walk into the door, they're going to have an encounter with you because she's hosting your Holy Spirit. I thank you that the Spirit came and landed on her like a dove and it has remained. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that my dad is bringing hope into the hospital every time he walks into that room that the enemy actually begins to shudder and he begins to flee. I thank you that she's going to go home. I thank you she's going to stand before her church and say, God has delivered me from the trap of the enemy. I thank you for doing that, God. I bless your name. I bless your name. I thank you that I actually carry generational legacy now. I thank you I don't carry any generational curses with me. I bless your name, God. I thank you, God. I actually believe what my son has is because of what my mom has. I thank you what my my grandsons are going to have. It's because what she has. I thank you that you are good and your love endures forever. I thank you that your promises are a yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I just bless your name, God. See, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It matters what you're going through, but it does not matter what you're going through because he does not change. His word does not change. He's actually elevated his word above his name is what he says. The grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of God stands forever. And I'm telling you, we need to believe what he says. And I'm telling you, we need to live a lifestyle of thankfulness and praise and adoration and thanksgiving. And, 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 and you're like, well, I don't feel like it. Keep doing it until you feel like it. I don't want to. Keep doing it until you want to. I don't believe that. Keep saying it until you believe it. Wasn't that some psychology mumble jumble talking myself into it? I don't know if it is, but I know it's the word and I'm going to keep declaring it until I actually begin to believe it. You know what faith is? Faith is like this. So oftentimes we want to say, if, if, if this is the position of faith up on this, if this is the position of faith up on that, we, when we need faith, we try to climb the ladder to get up to this. And the Lord is saying, I want you to begin to elevate the standard of your belief so that when, you, when, when something happens, you're actually, uh, you actually have the better position, if you will, right? It's like I'm in the high place. I'm seated in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. And it actually has to ascend the hill to get to me. And I believe that the enemy will actually get tired and frustrated and stop trying to mess with me because I am up here. And, and I don't have to muster up to get in this position. I'm going to live from this position because this is the best place in the house. If the enemy can steal your thanks, he's going to steal. If the enemy can steal your thanks, he's going to kill your praise. And if he can kill your praise, he's going to destroy your blessings. Hear that. Hear that. If the enemy can steal your thanks, he's going to kill your praise. I feel it all over. If he can steal your thanks, he'll kill your praise. And if he can kill your praise, he'll destroy your blessings. You know what that looks like? I'm not talking about like, oh, blessing. I'm talking about enjoying him. I'm talking about enjoying him. Psalm 34, 1, I'll close with this verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually be in my mouth. I bless the Lord at all times. 
I know you all know what I'm going to say. I looked up all times. What's it mean? All the time. I bless the Lord all, all the time. And his praise shall ever be on my lips. It means that I'm not even going to let a complaint exit my mouth. I think it's like this. I've been trying to do this. It doesn't always work. But I've been trying not to complain. It sounds really silly. But I've been really trying not to complain. And the moment of complaint, I caught myself the other day. <laughs> I probably looked really crazy when I did this. But I complained. I was like, oh, that just stinks. I said that. And I was like, wait. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm just not going to let that permeate the environment around me. You hear me say this a lot. The only distinguishable difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is what we believe. It's the position that we live from. Because a believer and a non-believer have the exact same problems. The difference is perspective. The difference is that, like, the devil's not going to eat my lunch. He may come and put something... <laughs> he, may, he may put salt in my Kool-Aid. <laughs> and it may taste bad. <laughs> but he's not going to take my lunch. It's perspective. So I want to be a people that live. I want to be a people that enjoys presence. And that's a thankful people. Amen. Amen. I'd like to pray. And, and I'd like to pray a prayer of impartation today. No music today. I just want it to be non-emotional. I'd like to pray a prayer of impartation in that we become people of thanksgiving despite what we're going on. Yes. Despite what's going on around us, despite what we see. Because he's still good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So it's like, it doesn't say he's good depending on which way the wind blows. He doesn't say he's good if I get the front parking space at Walmart. Just park at the back of the parking lot so someone else can have the good seat place. Sounds really silly. <laughs> so I'm going to pray. I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to pray, okay? But Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.